I used to work with a man who said it's, it's, he was talking about quitting time. He's quitting time all over the world. <laughs> but it's all over his world it was. And it's church time here. Uh, amen. Let's stand. Find our hymn books. Turn the page to something. 296. While you're turning, I want to read some scriptures. While I was praying, I found myself praying some of these scriptures. I, said, I, don't I couldn't remember exact where they were, so I found them. And uh, in Joel chapter 1, a great big book in the Bible, just three chapters long. Joel chapter 1 and verse 3. Well, let's go to verse 2. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear all ye inhabitants of the land. He included everybody. Yeah. Uh, have this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. This is what they were supposed to tell them. Verse 4. That which the palmer worm hath left, the locust has eaten. That which the locust hath left, the canker worm has eaten. That which the canker worm hath left, then the caterpillar has eaten. So it don't sound like good things going on, but it was a judgment of God that was going to follow him because of their sin. And he said, you better tell them. But I like what happens in just one chapter over in the second chapter and verse 25 particularly, but uh, let's see. Verse 21 of the second chapter. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. The, the tone has changed dramatically. In verse 24, and the floors shall be full of wheat, the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Verse 25, Joel 2 and 25. I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Thank the Lord. The canker worm yes. and the caterpillar and the pommel worm, my great army which I sent among you. Yes. You read right down. We hear a lot about these verses. Come to pass, so I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. What changed? The Lord will judge men. Yes. But he will have mercy. Yes. In his judgment. And he will restore. Right. I was praying, Lord, about a certain family. And I was saying, please restore the years that locust has eaten. Yes. Because he promised he would. That's right. <clears throat> when you don't know what to pray, look in the book. <laughs> look in your prayer book. That's right. right. <laughs> Page 296.
Files. Yes, Turn over to 285. <laughs> the Lily of the Valley. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times. That's right. Nothing down here now. All time. This song says, I have found a friend in Jesus. How is he to you? Amen? Yes. Johnson standing on the ground. He was weighted down. He couldn't go up. He went to talk to him. He was president of the bank. He went to talk to him. All of a sudden, Mr. Johnson's eyes got teary. He said, yeah, I remember those days when they had the tent meetings and the warming by the stoves, you know. He got stirred up. I hope he stayed stirred up long enough to make things right before he's gone now. Yes. But he couldn't go up. He was weighted down. 
Do you want to see the Lord enough that you make sure I'm ready? Any moment. It's going to take that to make it. But a lot of people has played church. Oh, Lord. I don't want to play church. Not in that sense, by no means. The song says, oh, I want to see
watch one of the Yes. Yes. We were singing briefly out of Mulberry about um, New Jerusalem. Something about New Jerusalem. That city. And uh, I just told them out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I said, one day I'm going to leave Statesboro and my feet are going to land on that street. Yeah. Amen. It's real. That's right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, what can I say? That's right. I'm a pilgrim here. That's right. I'm just a camper. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm passing through. Right. Yeah. And how to balance that and be a good citizen and, you know, live your life fully for the Lord sometimes is very challenging. Because culture is constantly just about saying the opposite. Yep. You'll be here all your life. You know, lay up. Jesus said lay up your treasures. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyone have a special prayer need to see? My dad. My dad. Right. Let's see. I remember my son. He talked to me last night and he's hoping hoping possibly get that job at uh, Gulfstream. I was uh, talking to him. I said, well, does it look like y'all gonna have a white Christmas? He said, well, we may. He said, but let me tell you something better than that. He said, I might have a Christmas at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Yeah. several things but she's still having some issues in her body and so she needs prayer. Uh, pray for me I've got an interesting week ahead. <laughs> yeah. Y'all pray for uh, my sister's friend Jan. They, she come down with COVID and she's really sick. My sister's very worried about her. And y'all remember me and Jan because this weather is not kind to either one of us. And Deja's child and stepmother. Yes. Yeah. I remember Sister Hayslet too. Yeah. Rebecca's Aunt Judy. All right. Yeah, when we Yes. We have a 
man that drives forklift at work. And uh, he's as crazy as they come, the way he just cares about life. And uh, every now and then he'd get on the two-way radio and he'll sing part of a song. I've never heard him, I don't know where he come from, but the other day he was walking by and I said, what's the song for today? He come over there and stood right by me and he started singing. I never heard it. I don't even know what it was. But he just, he's easy to talk to yeah. on that level. I did not know. Someone told me he had lost his mother uh, and grandmother recently. He was out at work all last week. They, one of them died and then another one died between Thanksgiving and now. Uh, first name is Mike. Please pray for him, and hopefully that some way between those things happening and being able to talk to him, hopefully I can uh, yeah. get a hold of his soul, and the Lord can pluck that string, and he can come alive and, and not be uh, lost. He knows he's lost. He said so one day. The only man I ever seen there that said it. So he, he's, he's just one of those kind. He'll just come out and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I've seen the Lord save men like that. Yes, sir. Oh. And they wave right up in the devil's mouth. Yeah. You know, and, and let him have it. So God can use even you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so let's remember these requests and find our place to pray. Let's remember our travelers, too. Remember Corey and Caleb. I think they're heading next day or so to uh, Arkansas. We're on the way to Texarkana now. Let's remember them in prayer. Let's remember Peggy and Ryan and their family. Uh, and that they'll be safe. And Mom we'll... Elizabeth. Huh? Mark Mark and Elizabeth, Elizabeth too. On the way to Delaware. Delaware. And let, let's pray they'll stay safe and uh, COVID-free. Yes. 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 All right, let's pray for these requests. Ask the Lord to help us in service.
Aren't you glad there's nothing that is too hard for God? Nothing. Nothing. And guess what? Whatever test or trial you're going through, if you're the Lord's, He's going to see you through it. Now that's amazing, isn't it? Nothing's too hard for Him. Not even the test and trial that you're going through. God is well able to bring us through. Amen. Teresa, if you would be getting us a, a song here this evening. And uh, I'm going to come to you for the Sunday night uh, tithe and offering. And if you would, put a little something extra in for the uh, offering part. Uh, we've got a special preacher for you. Right off the streets. Kind of. And anyway... And uh, so we're going to get Brother Todd to come preach for you here in just a few minutes. Uh, the Lord's blessed him and used him. I'm just amazed at uh, what God's been doing for him on the streets and uh, quite a ministry, seeing the hearts and the lives that have been turned around. Uh, I pray regularly for several of them. Uh, one particular man's been uh, alcohol-free for, what, about two months now? And uh, another one's quit his drug and, and all that. And he's got some physical ailments now, but uh, God's moved for him there. There's just several t- places and people. What's the, what's the value of a soul? Amen. I'm going to tell you something. A soul is the most valuable thing yeah. there is. Amen. Amen. So I appreciate uh, Brother Todd. We'll be calling him up here in just a minute. But... Uh, Brother Otis, why don't you come and receive our offering here this evening. And uh, it's going to be for the tithe and also an offering for Brother Todd. All right. Lord, again, we thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. We appreciate what you have done, Lord, that we might be saved. We thank you so much. Without you, Lord, we know we are nothing. We need you every day. Yes, always. Oh, oh, that's we right. We need you so much. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give, to help support your work. We pray that you would bless it tonight. Help everybody to give liberally. We pray. Amen. Amen. Before all these talented children came and started singing, uh, we three used to sing on all kinds of situations, especially at Christmas. I think we have pictures of Brother Jeff wearing a top hat. We three kings of Orient are. Brother Robert wears a top hat. So we haven't seen this. Of course, we're not. We're, we're going to try, but y'all just pray for us as we try. <laughs>
Brother Jeff. I was thinking while we sing that, that um, I know that's a Christmas song, and uh, we've talked about how the angel told the shepherds to go to him, but how, um, you know, that's what's now. Amen. We take that quite literally. Go tell it. Yeah. Go out on the streets and tell it. Go to work and tell it. Yeah. Go to school and tell it. Yeah. Everywhere we go, whether we're Walmart or wherever, we go tell it. That's yeah. right. Go tell it. Jesus Christ is born. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank the Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right, Brother Todd. I'm turn it over to you. Come on and uh Lord bless you. Just obey the Lord. Praise the Lord. I am I believe in that great commission. <laughs> I think we all believe in that great commission. Uh I was we uh we went out last week and to be honest with you, it was all kind of a big flop. Didn't get much done, get, nobody really prayed. The first place we went to, we sang joy to the world and left because nobody came up. And then as we were leaving, everybody was like, where y'all going? Like, y'all didn't feed us. Normally we go out there and we feed them no matter what. But, you know, we go out there, we want to give them the word. And if, if they're not going to come listen to the word, then they're not going to eat. I think they'll figure that out. Um, they were looking like, where, where y'all going? Where y'all going? But, um, but, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's like that. Sometimes you go and you really, you get nothing. Um, but sometimes when you go, it's, it's miraculous, and, and that's, just, that's just kind of the way it is. I'm going to um, I'm gonna read. I'm not going to be long, usually on the street. I get about seven minutes, so I'm going to try to double that here. I'm going to try to give you 14 minutes. Um, but we're going to read um, from John chapter 8. If you will, please stand. I'm going to read one verse. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm going to read it one more time, see if I can do it this time without messing up. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, God. We thank you for all that you've done for our church, Lord. We thank you for the answered prayers. We thank you for the miracles, the blessings, God. We thank you for the great sacrifice you made for each and every one of us. We thank you for dying for our sins. We thank you for that blood, God, that washes our sins away and gives us power to live above sin, Lord Jesus. We love you. God, I ask you to help us here, Lord, to be anointed, God. Help us to speak your word and help us to hear your word, God. Help us to leave change. Help us to leave different, God. We pray it in your righteous and holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, as I was reading this, I felt the Lord shoot something right into my brain. Don't you like it when that happens? Just yeah. bam. And it was um, walking in God's light is a pathway to perfect perfection. Yeah. Walking in God's light is a pathway to perfection. That's what yeah. it was. Walking in God's light is a pathway to perfection. Um, will you walk in the light? Will you walk in His light? Will you walk in God's light? And uh, first John, oh, I need to flip. In First John uh, chapter one, yeah. verse five, it says, "This then is the message which you have heard of him, and declared unto you that God is light, yeah. and in him is no darkness at all. 
If we say then we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, has cleansed us from all sins. For what communication has lightness and dark? For what communication has light and dark? Can lightness, can light and dark coexist? Y'all forgive me, I've been, um, I've been dealing with my words here lately, just sputtering and spitting them out and flipping words around. I think I called a case of dyslexia. Um, so what lightness and darkness cannot coexist, right? I've, uh, I've seen that you can be in the darkest room imaginable and light one birthday candle, right? And that little candle will illuminate that whole entire room. Walking in God's light is a pathway unto perfection. John says this. John saw, right? John saw this. John saw a city in Revelation um, 21 and 23. And it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light thereof it. Right? Praise, praise God. Praise God. Uh, the nations of them that which are saved shall walk in that light in that city that John's seen. But we should be walking in the light even in these days. Right? We should be walking in His light because it is... Uh, the uh, Psalm says in 119 and 105, it says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Will you walk in God's light? Um, on the streets, I've been, it's, it's a major part of my life. Um, so uh, I, I've kind of tried to figure out a way to, to talk to them better. And the way I kind of prayed about and figured out was by asking questions. <laughs> asking them questions and getting them to be honest with themselves and thinking the whole time I'm asking them questions. Uh, uh, and one of the brother Jeff mentioned one of the men was Jeff, right? So I'm so I'm thrilled that Jeff is coming to this church, right? It could be it could be one of our kids, it could be one of our family members, right? But Jeff is coming to this church, and it's pretty amazing. Um, he's been uh, he's the one who was delivered from the alcohol after 30 years. Um, the, and when we go to uh, the lodge, which is I believe is one of the roughest places in Statesboro, the first time I believe about a month ago we went out there, and I really felt the need to pray that all the darkness be pushed back, right, by God's light. All the darkness be pushed back and pushed away by the marvelous light of God. And I believe that we went out there, we all prayed, we banged that spirit, right, we believe we can still do that, that darkness and everything around it, that God would push it back. And during that month, five people got arrested for selling drugs. One person got a trespass warrant against them. And I believe it was the Lord. I know people get arrested and stuff, but five people in a month, People out there are saying, I can't believe how much is cleaning up out here. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so amazing how God works for all of us out there. It's not just me. It's every single one out there. If you dip a spoon in that food, it is you as well, right? The anointing follows us all. And it's just been amazing to watch what, what God has done. Like I said, sometimes you go out there and nothing happens. But sometimes we think nothing happens, but things are actually happening. The things that we cannot see. So I like to ask the questions to these guys on the street. And I like to give them something to think about as I'm preaching. So I'll ask them a question, and they'll think in their head. And most of the time, they'll be honest with themselves in their head. And they can know whether or not they're saved. Just by asking a simple question in their head, if they'll listen to the Scripture. Uh, one of the questions, uh, actually, I think the fir- one of the first questions I asked was, do you really believe that the wages of sin is death? Do you really believe that because we sin, now we owe death? Do you really believe that if you tell a little white lie, now you owe death, right? Hands up everywhere. Everyone in the crowd, everyone on the balconies, everyone who's drunk and high, their hands are up. Yeah, we believe that the wages of sin is death. Now, the next question I want to ask them, I'll refrain to is, then why are you continuing to sin? If you really believe that those wages of sin is death, why are you still doing it, right? All the hands go up. They all believe it, right? And then we ask, 
I ask questions uh, such as, uh, does, who wants to go to heaven, right? Every, every single hand goes up. Every single one of them wanted to go to heaven. All hands up. Um, I ask them, do you desire to go to heaven, right? That's two completely different things. If you want to go to heaven and you desire to go to heaven are two completely different things, right? If we, if we want to, right? Everybody's going to want to, but do you have that desire to go to heaven that I'm going to give up everything and it doesn't matter what it is. If whatever it takes for me to get to heaven, I'm going to give it up and I'm going to get there. Is it your desire to make it to heaven? It's a question, some of the questions we ask them. We're talking about that pearl of great price. There's something so dear, something so desirable, something you want so much, right? In heaven, in Jesus, that you're willing to give up everything it is, right? That you can't be doing, that you shouldn't be doing just to make it to heaven. Is that a desire that you have? And you can watch their faces and they don't have that desire. They think they do. They want that desire, but they don't have that desire. Uh, the rich man in the Bible, right? He had everything. What do I have to do to get eternal life? I've done everything since I was a kid. I've kept the commandments. I've done everything right. What must I do? Well, Jesus says, sell everything you got and give it to the poor. And he went away sorrowful. He couldn't do it, right? His desire was in his things and his stuff and his goods. His desire wasn't to go to heaven. If it was, he would have got rid of it and he would have went on to heaven. And other questions would have been, um, how is God's word taking root in your life? Now imagine asking that to a bunch of um, some people, uh, I believe some people had some great changes in their life, but at this time, I don't think, I think it was just a bunch of drunk people and a bunch of people who who'd never really heard the, the true actual gospel that we preach. So how is, how is God's Word taking root in your life, right? How have you responded to the gospel, right? There's many different ways we can respond to the gospel. Yeah. Did that gospel seed fall upon the wayside, right? That packed tough ground, it fell upon that wayside. I had no time to sprout. The fowls of the air, right? The birds, the demons came and took that seed up before I had any time to sprout. Is that how the gospel has changed your life? Have you heard the gospel and done absolutely nothing? Has It didn't give you a, a, a prick in the heart, a tear, nothing. You heard the gospel and you got absolutely nothing. Nothing. Or did that gospel seed fall on stony ground, right? You're not rooted in Christ. Maybe at one point you did have that seed and it sprouted, but you're not rooted in Christ. And then the test and the trials came. Maybe said somebody said something you didn't like, right? Somebody hurt you in church. Somebody did something like that. It got too hard and you quit and you walked away because the, uh, the stony ground, you had, you had no root. You had no root in Christ and you couldn't handle it and you took and you left. And then there's that thorny ground, right? The, the, the Bible, the seed, the, the gospel seed went out and, and, and spread and, and, and grew, right? Into these into the stony ground. But the cares of this world, the riches, the pleasures of life, it came through and it choked that gospel seed out. How has God's word taken root in your life? Asking them that question. I'm asking you that question here today as well. How has the gospel seed taken root in your life? Has that gospel seed changed you from one person to the next? Did that gospel seed fall on the good ground, right? Where we produce fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit, right? The gospel seed can change your life forever. It can make you a brand new person. It can make you everything that you want to be, right? Just by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask some questions like, how is your heart? Are you a man after God's own heart, right? We talked talk to him about the story about David. Are you a man that wants to do what God's heart wants to do? Are you a man that wants to be in God's will? Are you still doing the things that you want to do? Are you still like living your life your way through your own selfish desires and your own needs and your own heart? Are you a man after God's own heart? Do you have 
an issue was a good one. I got to tell him about all my issues. I got to tell him about the, the past drug abuse. I got to tell him about the PTSD, the anxiety, the depression, the panic attack, the cigarette smoking, the cussing, the addictions, the everything I shouldn't have been addicted to. I got to tell him about all of that. That was my issues. I got to tell him how God solved every single one of my issues. I got to tell him that one day I prayed and my anxiety was gone, my PTSD was gone, my drug addiction was gone, my depression was gone, the anxiety, the, the cussing, everything was gone, right? Those are my issues and I got to tell them how God solved them. So by me asking you, do you have an issue in your life? And they, asked that, and they answered that question, yes I do, but I don't know how to take care of it. Well let me tell you how and it's Jesus. Uh, I got to tell them about the woman with the issue of blood. How she tried everything she possibly could before she went to Jesus. She tried all the doctors. It took all of her money away. She had nothing left. And then she went to Jesus and then she touched the hem of his garment. And what happened? Her issue was solved, right? God healed her just like that. And then I got to tell him about the issue that we have, every one of us, right? We all have different issues in our life that's stopping us from doing what we want to do, from stopping us from going to heaven and everything else. But there's one issue that we all have in common, and that is sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? I'm telling these people this. We've all done it. I'm not out there condemning them. I'm out there saying, I used to do just what you used to do, but maybe even worse, right? But God fixed me and God saved me and He changed me, and He can do the same for you. But we all have that same issue, right? The issue of sin. We've sinned. Now we deserve death and hell. And we need a Savior. Jesus Christ is that Savior. It works so well to ask them these questions and get them to be honest with themselves, right? One of the, one of the ones, most memorable ones was, God wants to use you. Will you accept the calling on your life? Right? Ask him a question. And I knew exactly who the Lord was talking to. Uh, how many people do you know in your life, if you shared the gospel with, if you shared a testimony with, your testimony with, they would be changed forever. You could change somebody's life just by sharing the gospel with them. And it was one of the men up top. He was probably the, the ringleader up there. And he came down with tears in his eyes, crying. He said, Mr. Todd, that's all about me. He said, you don't know it, but I was a preacher, right? But I already knew it because the Lord told me. He was a preacher, and he came down crying, and, and he knew that this is where I should be. I should be doing this here, right? And, and I even told him, this could be your spot. When we leave, you can take over and have your own services here. you got so much pull here, this is where you should be. Uh, and I looked him up online. I saw a picture of him in his little suit with his Bible, and the caption said, Minister Harvey, right? He was a preacher at one point, and he was the first one that month to get arrested for selling cocaine. Um, suit in the Bible, everything you will. I want to ask you a question here today. Will you accept God's calling in your life? I asked the question to them. Would you accept God's calling in your life? Keep going. Would you accept God's calling no matter what it is, right? I love the sermon that says, uh, uh, Here am I, Lord, choose me. Send me, right? Every hand goes up. Here am I. But nobody gets sent anywhere. It's because they're not honest with themselves in their heart. They don't really want to be sent. It's a good sermon. It makes you feel good. It makes you want to go do things, right? But you look around, nobody's getting sent anywhere to do anything. I believe if they were serious in their heart, God would send them and have them and use them and work for them. Uh, one of the other questions I ask them is, who is Jesus, right? Who is Jesus? Imagine the responses you'll get out there, right? I say He's the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the Son of God, the bread of life, the resurrection, all these different things we can say who Jesus is. In Isaiah 9 and 6, it says that He's our counselor. He's the one that we can go to and talk to our problems about. I remember one time I went to an actual counselor and I told him all of my problems and I felt pretty good. But when I went to Jesus and told him all of my problems, not only did I feel good, but I was a new person. I was a changed person. The Prince of Peace. You cannot know peace unless you know the Prince of Peace, right? The Bible says that He is the Mighty God. In Revelations 1 and 8, it says He is the Almighty God, the Absolute the Supreme, right? The Everlasting Father. Jesus is the answer to all of life's problems. He is the answer. He is what we're all searching for. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? We recall that in the Bible. To the Jews, He was no Messiah. To the Muslims, 
just a prophet of God to the Hindus. They actually believed he was God, one of many. Uh, to the Jehovah Witness, just a created being, an angel of some sort. But to Peter, he was the Christ, and he was the son of the living God. But who do you say that Jesus is here today? What is he to you? What has he done for you? Who is he to you? Is he your everything? Is he your all in all? I've asked these questions on the streets. At our services, every one of them, I'll ask these questions to try to get them thinking. And we've had so many different types of responses. Uh, every, every response you can imagine. We've had people seriously praying and seeking God with, with tears and, and fervent tears and really wanting a difference. Uh, me and uh, Robert Lewis talked to a man uh, at the Christmas program. I think his name was LP. He said, I can't believe this is real. He said, I've never seen nothing like this in all of my life. He was 68 years old. He, he had tears were flowing. Uh, we, had, we had the people crying. We've had deliverance from alcohol. And Jeff, you know, time will only tell what, what God's going to do with him. You know, I'm not, I don't know where he is uh, personally, spiritually, but I know that he has been delivered of alcohol. He said, I've never, I haven't had a taste for it ever since. It's been like probably three or four months by now. He said, it's the craziest thing. It's just gone, right? Um, another, another young man, well, young man he, was, uh, he was delivered from, from the weed and the cigarettes and alcohol as well. His girlfriend said, it's like he's made a complete U-turn. He's like, I don't know what happened. I said, I can tell you what happened. We came out there and we prayed and Jesus did that, right? We've, we have seen lives change. And I do believe we have seen people pray to get saved and God has done something in their lives. Now time will only tell what God's going to continue to do. Um, we've had people run away in tears. A young man named Shantae, every time we see him, he cries and he runs and he doesn't come back until the next service. He literally runs away. Um, knowing that this is where I should be. My daddy's a pastor, and I should be here with you. I should be just like y'all instead of selling drugs on the street. He's actually one of the ones that was uh, uh, trespassed away from the property, not allowed to come back. That darkness is not allowed to come back. Um, some left and never came back. We've had mockers. We've had all different types of responses. Um, we have a man who said, I don't want no part of your church. And I don't want no part of your Bible. And he's been here. And that was Jeff. He's been here several times. We missed him this morning, right? But no part of your church. Leave me be, right? And he's been in our church. That is how God works in the streets. And I'm so thankful for it. And I'm so thankful for every one of y'all. Um, uh, it crossed my mind in my closet, though. This is the question that I really wanted to ask us here today. Um, where will I, not only you, but where will I be? Where will you be? Where will this church be? And let's just say 12 years. What will we be doing in these 12 years? Um, and that's my question. Maddox will be 25 years old. Noah will be 16 years old. I will be 46 years old, right? In 12 years, where will you be? I started thinking about all the other churches in our area just maybe 12 years ago where they were then and where they are now. And not just in our area, but in, in Brooklyn, in Statesboro, in Georgia, and South Carolina, and North Carolina, all over the country where they once was and where they are today. And, and they have gone the way of the world. And another question I would like to ask you is, will you also go the way of the world? In John chapter 6, uh, Jesus had all these multitude of followers and, uh, and they didn't like what Jesus said. They said, it's too hard. How can we do this? How can we even understand this? And they all left him that day. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, will you also leave? And I believe it was Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go, right? There's nowhere else we can go. But how many people have said that past? How many people have said, I'm not going to go the way of the world? Every single one of them, I bet you. Everyone who's ever said that and has went the way of the world have said, I'm not going to go the way of the world. In 12 years, our pastor and his wife will be 70. 70 years old. I'm sorry I had to bring that up. 70 years old. That's disturbing. Not that they're getting old, where everybody's getting old, but it's disturbing because they're trying their best to leave a holiness church, right? They're trying to leave an old-timey holiness church behind them. 
And will you follow is my question. Will you follow in their path and their in their tracks that only they've been following from times past and times past? I love the old timey Holiness Church. I want to follow it. I want all of us to follow. I want us to go that way. I would oh, it would be so detrimental to me to see this church go any other way. Um, so how many people have said I will follow, right? But don't, right? Countless and countless and countless. Um, will you walk perfect with God in holiness? Will you walk perfect with God in holiness? In 1 Peter chapter 1, um, starting in verse 13, it says, Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And hope to the end. Um, the return of Jesus Christ should motivate us to want to live that way, to want to live perfect, to want to walk in the light of holiness, to want to walk in His light. Gird up your loins, be ready, be sober-minded, be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Be prepared for the day you're going to meet Him, whether it is by the rapture or it is by death. You will meet Him one day. You will, you will, you will meet God and stare at Him face to face. You will look into your eyes. It's saying, be prepared. And His coming and the knowing of the coming judgment should want us to be prepared to live a perfect life, a life of perfect peace with Jesus. Uh, verse 14 says, As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance. Children who will listen to God, who will listen and obey your pastor and your pastor's wife, uh, live a life according to the Word of God. Um, parts of being obedient, I've learned in, in my kid's life, parts of being obedient first is asking the question, Daddy, can we go outside and play? It's freezing cold and raining. No, you cannot. Now they have to be obedient. If they go out, and play and they get sick, right? It's on them. I'm sorry, I told you not to. But that's the exact same way that we should be in our life. Father, should I do this? Should I not do that? And if you get a no, you be obedient. You don't do those types of things. And if you do, and when you be disobedient, it's like letting trash into your temple, into your house, right? It's sin to be disobedient. How would you like if somebody came and took all their trash bags from Thanksgiving and just ripped a hole in the bottom and shook it out in your kitchen, right? It's the same way with God. And God does not and will not allow trash in our lives and in our temple to be ready to meet Him. Are you ready to meet Him? Uh, to be obedient um, involves first asking that question and then obeying what He's saying, right? Not fashioning yourselves to the former lust, right? Not to conform to the old you. That's part of walking perfect with God. That's part of our sanctification, right? We get saved. We get changed. We get to be made a new, complete, different person, right? We get sanctified. We don't do the things that we used to do. And we stay away from those things that we used to do. We don't fashion ourselves to the former lust, to the former things that we desired, to the things that are forbidden unto us to do. Those desires. Being sanctified. Being set apart. Uh, from the from the past you, from the, the previous you, to be perfect. That's what that means, to be perfect, to walk away from all of that and to not do it anymore. Uh, 15, 15 it says, But he that which is called you is holy, so ye be holy and all manner of conversation. That's morally blameless, that's pure, and all manners of conversation, meaning every aspect of your life, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you act. Your mannerisms, your attitudes. That's how you treat the person who just cut you off in line. That's how you treat the, treat the lady who put too much cheese dip on your plate or sour cream on your plate. That's how you treat. The, that's how your attitude. I'm not saying you did nothing. That's how you treat the people right in our lives who maybe 
you get a little aggravated at that. How are you going to treat them, right? We've got to be holy and all manners of conversations, right? And that includes everything, right? You and your wife have a little spat. How are you treating that? What are you doing? Are you living that holy life? Are you staying sanctified? Are you doing things in that you shouldn't be doing? Um, if not holy, I want to tell you that you will go the way of the world. If you will not be holy, if you will not do that, if you will not conform to God and His holiness, you will go the way of the world. And that is just a warning. It's not maybe you're going to go that way if you can't live that holy life. You will. Um, verse 16, he says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That is to imitate Jesus. That is to be holy. To do what He does, right? We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to be doing what He was doing when He was on this earth. Right? And that is being holy, right? Living that perfect life in all manners of conversations. He sacrificed His life for others, for us, for the world, right? Meaning we sin and He came and died for our sins. He sacrificed His life for us. And we should do the same, not in death, but in sacrifice. In sacrificing our lives and our personal things that we want to do and our pleasures and everything else that goes along with it. Sacrifice our lives for others. Um, we, should, uh, we should do the same. Not, like I said, not in death. Uh, unless He calls you to do that. And then I'll, I'll pray for you. Um, but to serve Him by serving others. Uh, when we go out on the street, we're serving others, right? If you're dipping that spoon and serving, you're sacrificing your life, you're at least sacrificing your couple hours on that Friday and Saturday to serve food to these people. If you're just standing back praying, you're sacrificing your life and your time to do that. When we go out and do these things, don't stand there and do nothing or you get no credit for it. Sorry, I put it that way, right? You have to sacrifice. It's not just, I'm going to go out there and do nothing and stand. There's no sacrifice in that, right? We have to be, we have to be spreading that gospel in the way that God has called you to do. Uh, you want to walk perfect in life? Uh, verse, 7, verse 17. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person, judge according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear. Right? Brother Jeff talked about that fear in the morning, this morning. Respectfully fearing Him, not treating Him casually during your life. Not waking up and, and not praying. Philippically, maybe praying in bed and rolling out of bread and going on. Or praying about something and, and, and you know you get an answer, but you're like, ah, not really, right? Not being flippant with that. Fearing Him in as much as I have to obey Him and I cannot go the way of the world. Because if you are doing that, you're not living that holy life. You're not going to do it. Not ignoring Him in your day-to-day -day life decisions, right? Every decision we make, it should be led by the Lord, right? If we want to live that holy life for God in our life's decisions. Um, would you like, and if you don't, again, with the trash, every time we disobey Him, it's like putting trash in our temple, right? We're disobeying Him. We're not living up to His holy, righteous standard. In verse 18 and 19, it talks about being a slave. Now, a slave in the old days, when, when they were bought, right? They, they bought their freedom. Now, you could take that slave and do every, anything you wanted to with it, right? Some people actually freed the slaves. They bought their price and they freed them. And that's what God does for us. As we were once slaves to sin, Christ died. For us all, not for just me or, or us, but for the sins of the world, um, but not with silver or gold, right? I'm going through these verses, um, but with the precious blood as a lamb without blemish or spot. We should want to walk perfect with Him because of what He's done for us. Because He saved me and changed me and made me a brand new person, I should want to live a holy, righteous, perfect life for Him in the old-time holiness way, which I believe is the best way to be like Jesus. Um, Romans 6 is one of my favorite chapters. It talks about what it feels like and what it is like to be freed from sin, right? And how we get freed from sin and why we get freed from sin and how we don't have to go back to that sin. And that is part of living that, that holiness life, that perfect life and how we cannot go back to that sin, right? The Bible says we cannot go back to it because we know it displeases Him and hurts Him. In verse 20, 
Um, it was foreordained before the foundation of the world. He knew all along He was going to do this for us. He knew all the way back before we can even imagine or come up with in our heads. He already knew it was foreordained before the world was even, was even created. Uh, so, how are you walking perfectly with Jesus? Or are you walking perfectly with Jesus? Are you walking in that light and walking perfectly with Him? Or have you trailed off somewhere on a path? Your former lust? What? What are your former lusts? Are you walking perfectly with God? Or have you gone back to them? What are you being entertained by? Is my question. What are you being entertained by? I have done it before. I have been entertained by certain things that are not bad at all. But the church says I can't do it. And I've kind of, at one point I was like, oh, I'm just learning. I'm learning here, right? But it just caught on, right? And it steamrolled. We cannot go back to those former things that we used to do. The former lust, even though some of them maybe not even be that bad or not sin at all. But if we cannot do it because we want to live a holiness lifestyle, then we have to cast it aside. What are we being entertained by? What is taking your mind and your focus off of God? Whatever it is, get rid of it. Throw it away. Get rid of it. It's not important. It doesn't matter. Um, your faith and your hope must be in God. That is the 21st verse. The 22nd verse is, if we were walking in Christ Jesus perfectly, uh, we are showing our love um, to others the same way He did for us, right? The love involves giving. What did He give? Everything. He gave His life for us uh, out of the right motives. Love involves giving out of the right motives. If you're giving out of spite or if you're giving... So because you want to make yourself look good, wrong motives. It means absolutely nothing. Um, by Him dying for our sins, He showed us His true love and what He really thinks about us. So how is your love towards sinners? How is your love towards the ones who are so drunk they can barely stand on the streets? The ones who smell so bad you, you just want to cover your nose but you know you can't. How is your love towards them? Do you want to help them? Do you really love them like you love your very own self? Would you give them the shirt off your back or the crocs off your feet if you had them? I almost had to do it one time. And then I remembered I'm at Goodwill. I can go buy him some shoes. I was planning on giving them the crocs off my feet. Um, now... Um, we can do uh, the same by giving our lives to others. So how much time a week do you give to the church? How much time a week do you give to others? How much time a week do you spend sacrificing your own personal life, your own personal ways of your life, however you do it, on helping others and being with others, not just people in the church, which is great. I love my church family, but the ones out in the world, the sinners, the ones who can't help themselves or the ones who feel like they can't help themselves um, towards God. How are you um, sacrificing? How is your ways? How are you acting towards God? It's all, is it all about uh, uh, your life, your family, um, your, your personal wants, your desires, your things and your stuff, or is it about the kingdom of God? It's all part of walking perfectly with God. That sacrifice, the love towards others, um, sacrifice and serving. Uh, I'm about to close. Everything in this world, everything in this life, um, will fade away, will be gone, right? Your possessions, your accomplishments, your people, your relationships, your family, your work, your money, right? It's all going to go away one day and it's going to be you and God standing face to face looking at each other in the eyes. Um, God has no respect of person. Judgment day is coming and you will walk, will you walk perfectly with God all the way to that day? Will you walk perfectly with Him and His light straight from this point forward all the way to that day of judgment? All the way to the day where you will meet Him face to face. You'll meet the one right who died for your sins. You'll meet the one who, who, uh, who broke those chains of addictions. You'll meet the one who took away the anxiety, the pressions in your life, whatever your testimony is. You'll meet Him face to face and He's going to be the one to judge you and He's going to judge you off of you. He's going to judge you off of everything that you've done in your life and everything that is in that book. Um, verse 23. Verse 23 says, um, being born again, 
not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So what's going to matter when you meet Him face to face more than anything, right? Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I think that's pretty important, right? It's going to matter if you've been born again. Uh, if you have been one person one minute, right? With a natural inclination to sin, have prayed and believed and repented and uh, chose to follow God and walk in that light. And now you have a different nature. Now you have a nature to please God. You don't want to go back to those former lusts, right? To be born again, to be made a new person. The old things passed away. All things become new. To have a salvation experience, right? It's going to matter. Your relationship with Jesus, right? It's going to matter. None of the other things will matter when you get there to Him. How much money you made, all the schooling you went to, none of that's going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter is was I born again and that I walk perfectly with God in holiness and my service for others. All that's going to matter. What you've done for others is going to matter. Um, and you cannot have that relationship with Jesus. You can't really have a relationship with God and without the service, without the sacrifice and serving others. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be servants for Him. He came, right? Not to be served. Right? Not to serve, but to be served, right? People thought he was going to uh, come in on a, on a white knight and he was going to come in with, with a sword and power and he was going to start slaying everybody and take over his kingdom. But he came on a donkey, right? He traded his crown, his crown for a crown of thorns. That's not how he came, right? This world is not where his kingdom was, but his kingdom was in heaven. Um, so we cannot have that relationship without giving our lives to others. Um, he says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. My last question. Maybe it's not my last question. Are you doing that? Right? It's not a suggestion. Be you holy, for I am holy. It's not a suggestion. Right? It's a commandment. He's saying, be you holy, because I'm holy. If I'm doing it, and I'm living inside of you, you can do it as well. Matthew 5 and 48 says, be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Right? Not a suggestion. Be perfect, right? Be holy. Live the holiness lifestyle. The lifestyle that our pastor and his wife are trying to leave on for us so that when they leave, we can continue in that, in that pathway. Um, if everyone would, please stand. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your words. We thank you, Lord, for the Bible. We thank you for your truths. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, Jesus. We can never, ever thank you enough or repay you, God, for what you've done for us for that sacrifice, God, for dying for our sins, Lord. The sins that we've done, the ones that you died for, God, and bled on that cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Lord, thank you for that, God. We can never thank you enough or say it enough, God. Thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to help everyone here, God, to be honest with themselves, Jesus, and to know and to realize that all these questions are questions that we must answer, God, and to have consequences. Help us here to know You better. Help us, God, to be changed by the end of this service. Help us to come and fervently pray, God, for You and to You, God, to come into our hearts and lives and to change us and make us different and help us to live according to Your perfection, according to Your holy ways, God. Help us, Jesus, in this service. God, we pray it in Your righteous and holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So I would like for everyone just to come and pray. If you, if you have something in your life that you know is stopping you and is keeping you from living to that holy, perfect way, right? we can come and you can get it taken care of today. Some of those things on our own, we can't sit down. We can't do it on our own. We won't do it on our own. we just got to come and just lay it down and just say, no more. Whatever it may be, it could be something so tiny that's keeping you from living to that holiness, holiness lifestyle, that perfect way, right? And if you choose not to do it, if you won't be holy, for He says be holy, you will go the way of the world. 
Don't go the way of the world, please. Don't go the way of the world. I want to see everybody make it. I want to see everybody in heaven. I love you all, and I just want i want everybody to make it. I want everybody to be good. I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be changed and different. And don't, don't waste the opportunities that we have to come pray and to get right and to be perfect with God. Don't waste the opportunities that we have to come to these altars. So everyone, would you please come and gather around, and let's pray.
my desire to live for Jesus. Amen. It just does my heart good. You know, the Lord really helped us. We went from me being the only preacher in the church. And then we we had several more come. And I tell you what, I, I'm feeling better about things. I sure am. Lord's really blessed. We've got some older men that I know they can carry the gospel. But we've got a new crop coming around. Amen. And I got a feeling we got some younger that are coming around too. That's going to help. Amen. So I'm excited because, uh, you know, um, I can't do it on my own. Amen. Teresa and I can't do it on my own. Amen. Really and truly, I, I appreciate the load that y'all have carried over the last several years. Uh, I have not been well in my body, but I thank the Lord for the strength that I do have Amen. and what I can do. And I thank the Lord for those that have been willing to come up and uh, take on the burden and go on. I do appreciate y'all. We will have service Wednesday night. And so, uh, you know, everyone that can come and be with us. It's going to be near Christmas. Some people will be out of town. Oh, okay. When you leave? Oh, you, you, right after Christmas. Okay, good. Everyone that can come be with us Wednesday night. Amen. All right. Lord bless you. We're looking forward to what God's going to do for us. So y'all come and uh, Lord bless you. You are dismissed until then. Amen. Just check the schedule. <laughs> 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 <laughs>